0: Welcome to CrossFit versus Pregnancy, the podcast for the first time or new fit mum who's looking for reassurance and guidance about training throughout their pregnancy. I'm Misha, a coach who went from competitive bodybuilder to CrossFitter to expecting first time mum all in 18 months. Having searched through what feels like the entire web for dos and don'ts, I realised that the best way I could prepare for a CrossFit baby. Would be to speak to those with first hand experience and share mine week by week. From coaches to athletes, new mums to veteran parents, you can follow my CrossFit pregnancy journey as well as learn from those who have successfully lived through it. Three, two, one. Yeah. Welcome back guys, this is episode 15. Um, I'm Misha, this is CrossFit versus Pregnancy. If you haven't listened before then welcome. I'm hoping that you guys will get as much of this out of this episode as I will. Today I'm really excited to be joined by a guest who was pointed out with me to me on social media by um, an old friend and it really was Quite a match because we have a lot in common in that we have transitioned to CrossFit from other sports and we're both currently pregnant. So, let me tell you a little bit about this guest. I'm so excited to have her on. She started CrossFit when she met her partner Zach around four years ago after getting injured as a track athlete. She was a track athlete for 12 years and competed in 400 meter hurdles. 12 years is just amazing. She's 28 years old, works from home as an eyelash technician, lives in Leicester with her partner and her mini poodle, Poodle, Lila. Her and her partner, Zach, were going to try for a baby at the beginning of this year, but found out they were pregnant in November last year, and unfortunately, they miscarried. It took around five months for her to have a complete miscarriage, and we're going to talk about this today because she's she's already agreed that she would love to be so open about it, which is amazing. And then fortunately, she became pregnant at the end of May this year. So now she is 26, 27 weeks pregnant, I think. So let me introduce you. Welcome, Sam Brown, it's lovely to have you.
1: Hi, Misha. Thank you so much for having me. I feel absolutely privileged to be on here.
0: Oh, that's so sweet. You don't need to feel privileged. It's an honour to have you. It truly is. So, how you. are you feeling? And just clarify for me: you twenty six, twenty seven weeks. So
1: I will be twenty seven weeks on Wednesday. So that tomorrow, yeah, twenty seven weeks tomorrow. And how are you feeling? So, yeah, I'm feeling. Um, I'm. To be honest, touch wood. So far, you know, I'm. I've had it. I've had it so lovely. I'm almost still waiting to wake up one day and just be like, "Wow, this pregnancy has just hit me like Mm -hmm. a ton of bricks." But at the moment, um, I know everybody's journey is so different and everyone feels so different. But other than you know starting to kind of roll around a little bit when I'm trying to get up, I feel (laughs) um, I feel like amazing. Yeah, so uh, I can't complain at all, to be honest.
0: Oh, that's, that's so good. And I'm with you. You know, there is, there's always going to be little hiccups on the way where we just feel a bit unusual, like we were just talking about it before before we came on here. But I think to to feel so blessed in a pregnancy, especially knowing what you've been through um, previously, which we're going to come on to in a little bit. Um, I, It's no yeah. wonder that you are looking at this so positively. So that's, that's inspiring in itself. But before we get yeah. into all that, Tell, tell me a little bit about your training history, um, about the times when you were a track athlete, then what transferred you and and sort of drew you into CrossFit.
1: So around the... Well, actually, it was still when I was at primary school, to be honest. I'd have, I'd have my sports days and um, it actually all stemmed back to um, my mum was an athlete and she was actually a 400-meter hurdler as well. So, you know, I'd have my sports days at school and I would kind of notice that I... I you know, I was, I had a half decent speed. And, you know, my mum and dad were like, Do you know what, you could have something here, you know, let's, um, we'll just see how she goes. So anyway, got to uh, primary school, I think I I was just leaving primary school, transitioning to secondary school, I was about 11 years old. And my mum and dad were just like, you know what, let's just go down the local track, which was Dartford Harriers, because I'm originally from Kent, even though I live in Leicester now. Yeah. And um, I... You know, I was all for it and I remember my mum saying to me, She was like, you know, we'll get you some some spikes, which are the tra- the you know, the running shoes that you wear. And she was like, just go down and don't don't worry if, you know, you're just kind of at the back or whatever. Just go and just see how you get on, enjoy it. So she took me down there and, you know, I think I just surprised myself in the sense that you know I, I started training with this group and um you know way back then it was the type of session where you get given sweets at the end and it's all fun and games before anything gets serious yeah um and then i just realized that you know i i did maybe have a talent and then i i kind of trained there for a few years and then i got into sprint hurdles um because i mean i was my speed was okay but when you put me up with like the bigger girls you know, I was still never quite quick enough. However, because my mum used to be a hurdler, you know, straight away, she was like, well, why don't you try hurdles? And, you know, it just so happened that it, she actually coached me for a couple of years. And um, I just absolutely loved hurdles. And I just took to it like, um, yeah, it was almost meant to be. So, Um, I kind of did sprint hurdles for a couple of years. And then well, when you're younger, kind of, you do 75-meter hurdles, then you do 80-meter hurdles, and then you eventually get to the 100-meter hurdles. Um, And with this, you know, the distance obviously gets further. um, The hurdles get slightly spaced apart more. And then they go up a level, so they get a little bit higher. And if I'm being completely honest, by the time it got to 100-meter hurdles, I'm not the tallest, so I am not even five foot three,
0: yeah.
1: so I did struggle, bless my cotton socks, so <laughs> I thought, do you know what, I did the last thing I wanted to do, because I'm, I'm sort of a bit of a kind of powerhouse, you know, I'm, I'm all good with small bursts of energy, but the thought of moving up to doing 400 hurdles was like, absolutely not, like, that is just an absolute grilling, but anyway... Over the years, I just thought, you know what, let's just see. Um, So training got obviously a lot harder because I would then be doing a lot of endurance stuff. And cut a long story short, ended up doing 400 metre hurdles, which was by far the best decision I made. Because it just kind of, because I could run half, well, I I could run a decent pace and my hurdles were were quite quick, to be honest. Um, I almost just, you know, when you're running, you just lift your legs up when you're running and you've got your stride pattern. And I just used to go over it kind of really nicely. So, um, yeah, it shot me right up the rankings, And, um, yeah, then ended up kind of getting to the British Champs four times. Never actually made it into a final. But, yeah, and then, um, unfortunately, well, then I met my partner, Zach. Um, He is a CrossFit athlete. And, you know, I was really sort of grateful because I met him being a track athlete and you know that's almost what brought us together because you know he was a CrossFit athlete and I was track athlete and we kind of met through Instagram shock um (laughs) but yeah so literally he came and watched me a couple of times and then then it just so happened that I um I remember I had I think it was the South of England Championships I had that competition and it was a a heat semi and a final and I ended up coming I think it was fourth in that and then I had two weeks until the British champs so I just ran a PB I was in the best shape ever you know I was 20 how old did I have been about 24 um so this was my last year before I actually got injured and anyway I I was going down the track just ticking over you know trying to sort of just, yeah, tick over until the British Champs, really. So I was coming out my blocks, going over the first three hurdle, hurdles of the 400-meter hurdles, and I think, like, my second rep, I literally just came out, felt fresh, and my calf just kind of like – I don't know if you've ever torn your calf, but mm-hmm. it just felt like someone just shot me in the leg. Oh, and um, I just kind of went to the floor, and um, that was that, to be honest. I'd never actually had a proper – I think it was a grade two tear I got, but yeah. I'd never really torn a muscle to that extent before. So, you know, it was a bit of a bummer because I couldn't drive for a little bit. I obviously couldn't run or jog or do anything. Um, and But at that time, I'd met Zach. So I was coming up here at weekends because he, um, he had the CrossFit gym in Leicester. So I'd be coming up here and um, I started doing, like, he started setting me a few little CrossFit, very basic sessions in my commercial gym when I lived with my mum and dad and then when I'd come up at weekends I'd join in with them and um, by the time I actually got to the point where I could start jogging again after the rehab I just started to think do you know what have I got it in me to to be this committed and literally put my heart and soul back into trying to get where I was plus better or is this kind of a sign that you know I've been doing it for 12 years now I've loved it but I don't know if I've actually got the love for it enough anymore yeah, to kind yeah, of yeah, sure. yeah, get back into it like I did. So I thought, you know what, this might actually be the time to just change. So um yeah, I don't I don't know about you, Misha, but I know you do like CrossFit stuff as well, don't you? Obviously mm-hmm. now you do like a lot of a lot of different bits. But I kind of just thought, right, I was a decent track athlete I'm going to be amazing at CrossFit I'm just going to jump on that bar and I'm going to just pick it all up so well and I'm going to actually smash it well I couldn't have been more wrong because obviously as you know it is bloody hard work um <laughs> and I think I just I just assumed um yeah I'm not I'm not like big-headed at all but I just I don't know what 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 it was but I just assumed I was half good at track yeah. I'm going to be amazing at CrossFit yeah. and it was just a completely different ball game in every way shape and form so yeah, now I just do it to keep fit and and a hobby and to
0: support Zach. And so yeah, it's all worked out really well. But yeah, that
1: was kind of uh, my journey, really.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. That really is. And I couldn't agree more. Having grown up um, as a competitive, well, I, I guess a competitive athlete in, in the sense that I used to, I used to dance. I got really into, um, sport and and everything I used to run not not like you just sort of five and ten k's and that kind of thing and so then to sort of go from bodybuilding which was a, a huge portion of my life you know eight years of competitive um training and prep and all of that to then go into crossfit that you kind of think well I've got all of this athletic ability in, in the bag in you know it's ready to go whether it's strength whether it's speed power you know you had all of those things I had some of those things to then go into it and be so shocked about actually this is such a this is a different world I need to completely retrain and you know there were elements I'm sure much like you that were suited better suited to you because of your athletic history and your athletic ability but then you know that and I think a lot of people sort of saw me come in and say like how are you so strong well I've been lifting weights since I was sort of 16 yeah you know a lot a a big portion of my life uh, my life but it didn't mean that I was any good at the skills you know I couldn't couldn't do a handstand I couldn't hang off a rig for very long my grip strength wasn't great and so I completely relate to that it was like pressing a reset button but in a really good way because you have and I'm sure um, I assume that you're the same, you know, because you had that competitive past life where you knew that it was a commitment to be become better at something. Not even amazing, just better at something that, you know, in order to be a progressively better athlete within CrossFit, you need to commit yourself to it. You know, it doesn't need to be doesn't need to completely take over your life like it did with me before I was pregnant. But, you know, you need to be able to think, how can I get better at this if you want to? Feel like you're going and really getting something out of it. So before you got 100%. pregnant this time round, um, tell well, just before you got pregnant, before you started thinking about having a baby, how many times were mm-hmm. you training with CrossFit and what did your sort of week look like?
1: I would probably train, I'd say around four or five times a week. Um, so I would mostly sort of go in the mornings. Uh, just because it worked around work, where, where with work I worked most evenings. Um, I would have my little routine where I'd get up in the morning, walk the dog, then I'd get to the gym at half 10, um, train with kind of the lads in the morning because it was just sort of a, a lot smaller than the group that trained in the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, my I think probably roughly yeah, four or five times a week, um, whereas now it's probably around two or three Um mm-hmm. As well as still sort of doing my my daily walks every day with the dog. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so it it kind of, it has slowed down a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. just for obvious reasons and whatnot. Plus, we are moving house, which, why we are doing that, 27 (laughs) weeks pregnant, I do not know. But, hey, I'm sure I've
0: seen... You're not the first no, person. I know. I know so many women that, you know, do all of these incredibly huge life events when they're pregnant. You know, whether it's organising a wedding, whether it's moving house, whether it's, you know, something massive. You're yeah. very brave, well, makes... I'll say that.
1: <laughs> oh, well, it makes sense, really, because I think about it. I think nine months, you know, something major is going to happen in that nine months. Yeah, whether true. It's planning something. do You know what I mean it's it's a long time to go without having anything that's going to come up. So mm. but you just the wait you I just think why why are we doing this now? Like why are we not doing it? But then you, there's probably never a right time for that either because no. you know if we didn't move house now we'd that's be moving so with like a 5 month old or whatever. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So true, but, um, so
0: true. So before we kind of get into your current amazing pregnancy and I know you've already said that you feel really great. Let's talk about the experience that you had last year. So you were considering getting, uh, trying to get pregnant at the beginning of this year, and then you found out that you were pregnant at the end of last year, um, and then you unfortunately yeah. miscarried. So tell us a little bit about... What happened and and how you felt at the time and and I know you said it it sounds yeah, like yeah. it was quite a long process for you to kind of fully miscarry as well which having come from you know, a completely naive place when it comes to miscarriage um I was so unaware that it could take that long as well which um it just seems so unfair that it could possibly take that long but anyway tell us tell us a little bit about the experience sort of from the beginning. So we found out Uh, November that we were pregnant
1: it was an absolute shock if I'm being honest um obviously we we had had it in the pipeline from the new year January to to try properly but um yeah it just come completely unexpected um I told Zach over the moon and we were like, right, okay, we got this. Um, It actually worked out that he, I mean, unfortunately he didn't qualify for the CrossFit Games in the end um, this year, but it literally would have worked out that he should have, the CrossFit Games is in America. Yeah. And um, it actually at the time worked out that he should have been over in America because he would have had to go over there for about three weeks. (sighs) Um, So it was from word go, it was almost a bit like, wow, okay, Let's just try and get this to sink in. But anyway, because it was Christmas coming up, we obviously straight away thought, right, let's keep it. Shum. And then what we're going to do, we're going to go for a private scan because we, it would have been too early to go for the NHS yeah. scan and whatnot. So um, we actually booked our private scan for Christmas Eve. And um, as you do, I got these these boxes to give to the grandparents and had these little boots and a little hat and da, 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 all of that in it um so we booked this private scan so excited to go um on Christmas Eve we'd actually been to uh, we went to Dubai actually in December um and I remember I think it was the day that we flew I'd had a little bit of spotting anyway but I know that that can be quite common in pregnancy
0: yeah
1: so I'd had a bit of spotting and I remember the day that we flew to Dubai I had like had a bit of a bigger bleed and I was thinking hmm like does my body know that we're about to fly I think again the whole time we were there which was I think about a week uh I'd had spotted on and off came back um but it was it, there was nothing that told me that I had any other than that I had no cramping I'd had mm. no um obviously it didn't pass um which I know can happen naturally um not all the time so Anyway, went for this private scan on Christmas Eve and um, the guy that did it, I'm not going to lie, that, like Zach was sitting at the other end of the room and um, I had an abdominal scan first um, and then he did a, did a scan inside as well after that because he couldn't see anything. So then we had the internal scan and he basically just sat there and said to us, I'm so sorry guys, I cannot see a baby. And we were like okay, obviously first pregnancy, never been pregnant before. Yep. I was like, okay, what does that mean? Does that mean that I'm too early? Like, you know, because I was thinking by this point, I was around six, seven weeks, you know, mm-hmm. which is really early. And he basically explained to me, like, he was like, I can see the, is it the gestation sack and the yolk sac, but he just mm-hmm. couldn't see a baby. So I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? And there was a woman in, in the room with him, but they were not, telling me they, they were not uh, what I know now is um, they're not actually qualified to be able to tell you that you've had a miscarriage or whatever else might be going on they're basically qualified to give you your scan if there's a baby they're moving around amazing but if there are any complications or they can't see right. what looks like a normal pregnancy they basically tell you if you're still showing pregnant in two weeks time book an appointment with your hospital now what they should have done And a couple of my clients actually had been to this place um, and they were just, it just so happened they were too early to see anything. So they got referred to the hospital from this private clinic, which is correct. Like, you know, that is what really they should do. Whereas with me, they said to me, literally, we cannot see a baby. We don't know whether you've miscarried. We don't know. We can't tell you what's happened. We just cannot see a baby. So they were like, right if you're still showing pregnant in two weeks' time, book an appointment at your hospital. So all I remember doing is being an absolute confused mess, didn't have yeah. a clue what was going on.
0: Yeah.
1: I came out and I remember the receptionist, she kind of like, she come over to me and she sat down next to me and she was going, oh, bless you, oh, bless you. And I was like, I have no idea what is going on right now. Yeah. I, I'm i just so confused. No one's given me any form of medical advice or anything in the slightest I, I just don't know what's going on so anyway we left you can imagine just being completely deflated christmas eve like i can't give my parents their little christmas box with yeah. everything in it and mm-hmm. whatnot anyway we left it three weeks still showing pregnant still hadn't passed anything no cramps nothing ended up going to the hospital and they basically said okay i would expect the baby to be they could see like a fetal pole But they said they would expect by this point, roughly going off my dates, that it should have been a lot bigger by then. You know, so it kind of was an indication everything had stopped growing. Mm -hmm. So then I got referred to the Royal, which is where they do all the gynaecology bits, early pregnancy. They deal with the miscarriage, whereas the hospital I went to, they just deal with healthy pregnancies and and birth and everything, basically. So then we got referred and it was another 10 days before we got referred to the royal for them to basically clarify that we had miscarried. But by then, you know, you have an indication, you kind of know, you You just sort of expect the worst anyway. Well, I did. And it was and, and that's what it was. And they basically said that um, the the baby had stopped growing it I think it was around six and a half seven weeks which again for miscarriages I know that I know people can miscarry at all sorts of different times but I think that seems from what I've I've heard and and you know what I've learned since is that is quite a common time you know if you're gonna if you're gonna miscarry it sometimes it's before you get a heartbeat which we never had you know we Mm -hmm. so that 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 was the case um so basically that that's what they told me and they said I had a a few different options of what I wanted to do so a lot of the time you can have like the um what do you call it you know medication procedure where you just have some pessaries and whatnot and you Mm -hmm. you have to just sort of put them up and then wait around and then everything starts working and you know then you will have like the very mild contractions and then you'll pass it Mm-hmm. So, me being an absolute—I mean, I'm a lot better now. Obviously, you get prodded and poked. I—I'd never had a blood test until I got pregnant last year. You know, and I'm yeah. 28, so I—I've always had this really stupid phobia to needles to the point where if someone says I'm going to give you a blood test, I'm like, "Yep, yeah, go for it. That's absolutely fine." Um, and then my brain will not agree with my body. And I'll just flake out for like a couple of minutes, which is ridiculous. But hey, no, that's it's what not had. at all.
0: It's not <laughs> at all. I know I know grown massive men that feel that way. So don't feel silly. It's not. Yeah. It's just one of those things that your brain doesn't like. So you don't need to say no. it's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. But I am getting a lot better now. But anyway, so I obviously opted for the, the pessaries because the next one was the medical procedure where you go in and you have to have like, it's called an MVA basically, where where you have um, some anesthetics in your cervix and won't go into detail, but you know, it, it's just removed basically, but you're awake. Sure. So it's, you're in yeah. for half a day and whatnot. So anyway, I got the pessaries, went home, I did it, I think the next day. And, um, you know, I did have, um, and this is actually going off topic a tiny bit is the 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 contraction I'm not going to call it contractions I've never had a contraction I've never given birth but what I felt honestly has kind of like really made me think do you know what when it comes to giving birth like I almost feel like I've had a very very slight feel of what it's actually going to feel like Mm -hmm. so confidence wise now I feel like I've got this even more you know than than having absolutely no idea what I'm about to feel which Mm -hmm. Which, you know, if I can take any positives from this, then that would well, be one amazing. of them. Um,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I it, um, I sort of had the miscarriage that day. Everything, what I thought came away, you know, how it's meant to. Um, and that was that. So anyway, I thought, right, the worst is over. You know, you're meant to bleed for a couple of days and it turns into a light period and then you stop. Um but as the, the days went on, I was just, I just carried on bleeding, and bleeding. I was like, okay, this is a bit strange, but I'm going to just hang it out. Um, I waited around two weeks, um, still carried on bleeding. And then I went back to the hospital. When I went in with my private scan, they basically looked at that and said, it is obvious from that scan report that you'd had a miscarriage. They should have referred you straight away to the wow, hospital. And then we could have terrible. dealt with this. Because obviously then it was another three weeks and then it was another yeah. 10 days. Yeah. So so even though, even though like the actual baby had stopped growing, it's almost like everything else around, you know, you, my body still thought I was pregnant. So it's mm. like everything else was probably still kind of, there was still a blood flow. Like was everything else still growing around it? Which basically explains, I think, why this went on for so long. But I should have basically gone for the medical to begin with I think but Mm -hmm. anyway so went back they said you they did me another scan they said you've still got some retained products so they gave me another lot of this medication which I took at home again um and nothing really seemed to happen the second time you know I had none of them really mild contraction type feels. I had nothing came away you know so I just thought you know what let's just see how we go with this you know I know I've done it now so I waited again, and, and nothing really changed. To be honest, I just kept I just kept bleeding, and this this was what ended up really getting to me more than the actual miscarriage. If I'm being completely honest, because you know it, the way I looked at it was I never got that heartbeat, so nothing was ever uh, you know I know not everybody would look at it like this, but in my eyes, yeah, it wasn't an actual baby. Mm-hmm by then you know it was a pregnancy yeah. but I didn't get a heartbeat so that that was that was so early but it was the fact that for the next like yeah nearly five months I would just be having bleeding every day to the point where it would it would get really heavy and then it would it would come down to like really light and then it would go really heavy again and I didn't know wherever I was coming and going but yeah anyway so carried on waiting and, and I didn't I'm not one of these people to rush to the hospital every five minutes you know when something's not quite feeling right. So I would just wait it out and think, oh, I'm sure it's just doing its thing. So anyway, I went back again a couple of weeks later and said, look, I'm still bleeding. Like, what is going on? So they did another scan and said, you still have um, sort of tissue. Tissue is, is still there. Yeah, I, yeah, looking back now, it's like it, it's almost, it sounds... A bit like crazy to say, but it's almost now like I look back and it's like it never happened, but it did. You know, it it wasn't even that long ago, but it feels like so long ago. And um, so they said the medication hasn't worked and it's you've just got bits sort of blotted about now. So they said, right, we're going to get you in for an MVA tomorrow so me and my surgical fears was like what the hell so anyway I had some I had my bloods taken just to make sure everything's fine and they said come in at eight o'clock tomorrow you're going to be first on the list we're going to get you sorted and blah 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 so obviously a little bit sort of freaked out about the whole thing but I thought well do you know what by this point I'm just a bit fed up with it so I went went in the following day. The, the lady that actually did the procedure was the loveliest mumsy person you could Aww. ever meet. Like, you know, made me feel totally at ease. You, you, you get given, um, I think it's tramadol and something else. So you're a little bit away with the fairies anyway. Um, went in, had the procedure. Um, it wasn't the simplest. They had to sort of give it a go three times, which um, normally they just go in take everything but again because it was sort of a little bit here and there and everywhere um had to go in three times so I ended up wow. having some gas and air and whatnot um but came out as soon as they said it's done I literally just broke down and was just like thank you so much like yeah. I I couldn't have been more thankful to these girls Aww. that were that were doing it like I was o- like over the moon to be honest that it was just done I don't know if that's yeah. the right word but anyway yeah. so um So that was that. And then literally the lady was like a couple of days going to be light bleeding and then it's going to be over. This was March by the way. So, so now we are sort of going on to the end of March and I'm waiting. Days are going by. Um, and I'm still bleeding and I'm like, all right, a week's gone by. Second week's gone by. I'm like, she did. She said a couple of days, like, and I'd get to the point where, you know, me and Zach would go into town and, um, I'd have like, you know, I'd have, I'd be wearing a pad because I'd be like, you're not meant to wear like tampons or anything else. So I had, I had a pad in and, and all of a sudden I literally would just be like, to Zach, I have just, you know, I don't know what's happened, but it is just, I've just had such a massive bleed and I had yeah. to just, you know, we were going to buy new pants when we were out. I was in like the, oh, the toilet in McDonald's. Cause I just yeah. had to wait for it to slow down again before I could like gather, get, you know get my stuff together and, and carry on so um I waited and and then anyway after that I left it a couple of weeks and I'd go back and they told me that I had dysfunctional bleeding so they said that after miscarriage sometimes your body doesn't have a cycle so it takes a, a while for your body to actually realize like what a period is again because you've just kind of bled for a while so mm-hmm. they then wanted to put me on um I think it's called nor- Norfisterone or something. It's basically a, a tablet that you take three times a day. It is a form of a mini pill, which I obviously did not want to go on because I was like, I've been off of this for a year and a half, preparing yeah. to get pregnant. I yeah, do not yeah. want to go on a pill when I, I'm going to want to be trying for a baby again when all of this crap is over. Yeah. But anyway, I had no choice. So, so I was like, right, I'm going to start taking this. So I started taking three tablets a day. Well, this is meant to make you stop bleeding. And after about three days of taking it, my bleeding had just got heavier. So I was like, right, Samantha, this is your body trying to tell you something. Like, listen to it. Yeah. So I've literally, again, I rang up. Um, I rang, I, I just rang up in tears. I was like, like, I just don't know what's going on. Like, these these tablets are not working. I'm like, I want a scan with the lady that did my procedure when I came in for this MVA. So... They got me in um and they. this was again now probably, I think this was around April time. So it was around Easter Bank holiday weekend. And I went in, I think it was on the Friday I went in and they again scanned me and um they were like, I'm so sorry. Like the, the lady that actually did the procedure, she's like, I'm so sorry. You've still got three centimetres of tissue remaining and we didn't oh get it. And it's still got a blood flow. And yeah, basically she was like, your body is trying to get rid of it every month. And that's why I would have a heavy bleed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then a really sort of normal bleed, because I was almost still having periods, but it was my body trying to flush this last bit through, but it was just not leaving my body. So she was like, we're going to basically put you to sleep and we're going to get this last bit out. So this was on the Friday of Easter bank holiday weekend. And um, she said, "Right, come in tomorrow, seven o'clock. Neil barnauf obviously can't eat or drink, and we're gonna we're gonna sort it out tomorrow." So this lady was lovely, and she was the one that was getting getting stuff done. You know, she'd make sure I was yeah. in first, and she then anyway. She was going to Bermuda the next day, so she was like disappearing. But that, like, yeah. Anyway, so I went in. Zach dropped me off, and um, I was in there in a bed in a ward, and it was seven o'clock in the morning. Well, it got to midday and they come round and they said, look, Sam, our emergency list is, is too long. So we're not going to be able to do the procedure today, but you are on the list. So you're obviously moving up all the time. So they said, you might as well go home, you know, eat and whatnot, come back tomorrow um, and we'll do it tomorrow. So I went home, came back the next day, again, nil by mouth, because you can't eat after mid- midnight or something or drink. So came in. And then, uh, from about eight o'clock in the morning till about one o'clock, no one had come round. I hadn't heard anything. I'm just sitting in this bed, absolutely fine. I was thinking, I don't even need a bed. This could go to somebody else. Like, yeah. just tell me, give me like an hour's notice, and I'll come in. So, um, about one o'clock, they come round. They're like, Sam, there's still a bit of a wait, and um, we're going to put you on a drip just to keep you hydrated because it, it it helps with the procedure, and don't want you to get dehydrated and whatnot. So I ended up going on a drip and then half past eight that evening I still hadn't been seen so I look by this point I, I think I look like like some sort of mental patient and I come out in my gown and my and my drip and I'm like I'm not being seen today am I and they were like no, I'm so sorry. And, and it, it's really difficult because, you know, there was, I'm, I was on the same list as all the emergencies that were coming in with the ambulances. Mm. And, um, you know, there was there was a baby in front of me that needed surgery. And I obviously, I would not have it any other way. This baby needed to be seen and all these emergencies needed to be seen. But at the same time, it just was not helping my situation. You know, I just needed this done. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I said to them, could can, can you just discharge me? And by this point, I said to Zach, do you know what? We've, not, we've never gone private for anything in our life. Um, and me and Zach were just like, we need to sort of get this sorted as soon as possible. So I said to them about discharging myself. They said, don't do it yet. Go home, eat, come back tomorrow. <laughs> so this would have been the Sunday. Um, and give yourself a cut off point. So if you've not been seen, bear in mind, this is about a 15 minute procedure. And that is it. And it should have mm. all been done. Anyway, I thought, right, I'm going to go home. I went back and I felt a lot more positive on the Sunday because I knew I had a cut off point. If I hadn't been seen, that's it. I'm I'm going. So got to um, about midday on the Sunday. I asked, I was a bit more, you know, angry at this point. I was like, right, can you tell me what the weight is? Like, where am I on the list? I'm going to basically go and, and I I probably did sound you yeah, know they were looking at me like why are you going to discharge yourself and I was like I this has been going on for nearly five months and, and I'm not getting anywhere like yeah. I was just sort of losing the wheel at this point yeah. so on the Sunday they basically told me no the list is still too long so ended up discharging myself with antibiotics they gave me antibiotics and I thought right something private has got to be better than this because I didn't know how long I was going to be in that hospital. And it was driving me insane, if I'm honest. So ended up finding this guy from Birmingham. Um, I think he was Spire. And he basically rang me, I had a consultation with him, and he reassured me that as long as there was no infection, because by this point, I'm thinking, can I even have kids now? Do you know what I mean? What is yeah. this doing yeah. internally? Like, I had absolutely no idea. Mm-hmm. And then um, I said to him, you know, he was like, as long as there is not an infection, don't panic. Like, you're going to be fine. And he could get me in. And I think it was about a week and a half's wait. And I was like, do you know what? I've waited this long anyway. And at least yeah. I know that when I do go and see him, I've got a time, a day, and it's going to be done. So, anyway, I, um, I said, sod it. Let's do it. I can wait another week and a half. I've got antibiotics. Let's do it. And, Misha, you'll never believe what happened after that. So, um we had to pay for the procedure a week before it was carried out. Yeah. So it was a Tuesday and this was like the end of April now. So we paid, um, I will tell you how much it was. Cause obviously I would never do this, but at, the, at this point you just will do desperate. whatever you need to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Desperate. So it was two and a half thousand pounds and we were like, do you know what? Right. We paid it on the Tuesday morning, um, to, for the procedure to be carried out the following Tuesday. And, um, Paid it on a Tuesday morning. Now, that Tuesday night, I basically had these really odd, like, bellyache feels the weekend before, but I didn't think anything of it. I just, honestly, by that point, I was like, do you know what? I'm getting sepsis. This is it. I'm done. See you later. Oh, bless you. But, and then <laughs> I can look back. At, I, I can't laugh about it now, but I can. You've got to laugh about it now. But anyway, um, I had these bellyaches, didn't think anything of it, well, the Tuesday night after I'd paid two and a half thousand pound um I literally sat on the toilet and this hard like it's like this hard tiny little I'm going into too much detail it's not it's
0: not it's not it's (laughs) good to hear the detail if you're Uh, happy to share
1: yeah 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 this like it was like a hard little brain looking thing Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um just literally came out on its own with no blood Literally, it was in the toilet. And I looked and I was like, That's that, it. that is it. I know yeah. that is it. That, it's about, I, no, no joke, I got it out of the toilet. I measured it with a tape measure. It was three centimetres by about three centimetres, wow. which is what the scan showed. Yeah. And I was literally, I called Zach, I called my mum, my dad. I was like, guys, I honestly think this is it. And I was like, flapping about like an excited little thing. Anyway, I, I managed to get in touch with the surgeon's secretary and she was like, right, the surgeon said you need to go to the hospital and get that tested and have a scan to make sure that was it. So I went straight in. Um, they got me in straight away. They scanned me. I took the the bit of tissue and they looked at it and were like, that is definitely tissue because they like to check if, in case it's a blood clot. But sure. I knew full well it wasn't. Um, scanned me and, and the, the consultant who did the scan she was like your body has done what it needed to do and now I didn't believe her I was like I need to see the scan from this day yeah. I need to see the scan <laughs> from this day I was like you need to give me more information than just tell me that this mm. is gone because you know I'm not coming back to this place ever again Um, and then I just walked out of that hospital I went on my own and I was just sort of like is this over and Two days later i just stopped bleeding, there was no Ugh. no blood, like it was it was honestly like I'd just entered this new life of like
0: oh, freshness,
1: you know? And honestly, like and they this is where it's this is where I'm so grateful now and I count my lucky stars because they literally said to me, Before you try again, um, what give your body a month, that have a normal period. If it is a normal period, then you're all good to start trying the following month. So, in my head, you know I'm thinking, I have no idea now what's going to happen. We were really fortunate to get pregnant won't like as quick as we did, but so i did I waited, had that month of a normal period, which thank God was normal. you know again, I look back and think how, but it was, and then we got pregnant the following month, and wow. like, I just think like your body is so amazing, you know right. i yeah. I literally couldn't believe it so it was it was a journey <laughs> um and now it feels like it almost like I said I'm in the best place of my life now
0: oh. and like
1: what eight months ago I was in the worst place of my life you yeah. know and it's just how crazy life can kind of turn around I know it's not it's not that simple for everybody but in mm-hmm. you know my my journey I just couldn't be more grateful now um you know, touch with everything is fine. So
0: thank you so much for sharing that, because I think it's so important. We we spoke about before, before we came on here, how it's such a taboo subject, because people don't want to offend anyone, you know, all, all manner of reasons why people don't like talking about miscarriage. And, um, I've had people refer to it as the M word and, you know, actually it's, it's not a nice subject and it's not anything yeah. I would wish anybody to go through, but it happens and it's common. And mm-hmm. to hear your journey, I mean, like I say, I was completely naive to, to understanding that it could take that long. It must have been such a relief to to get to that final point. So just, yeah. just really briefly, tell me about... How I mean, were you trying then, actively trying to get pregnant, or was it another we weren't expecting it when you found out? I
1: I know, like I, I didn't know. I know everybody. It takes everyone a different amount of time to get over a miscarriage, and I didn't know how I was going to feel. And if it, if it, if it had been over sooner, then I would have probably waited and thought, right, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm quite ready yet, but. I don't know what it was, but I had never wanted anything more by the time it was all over. You know, I, I had my ovulation sticks ready. I had my yeah. pregnancy test ready. Like, Paul Zach didn't know what happened to him that week. Do you know, I, mean? I was just like, come on, let's go. So, and people say like, you know, you hear people say, oh, we're just going to try. You know, I was telling my clients and my friends, you know, we're just going to go with the flow. But I wasn't like that. I was like, right, we are having this baby. Like, we're going to try so yeah we were physically trying after that and um I think that's I'd amazing just, yeah it was just so so good and it was meant to and be. he was actually shocked when I yeah it was meant to be but I think when I told Zach again that I was pregnant he was like
0: already like <laughs> again and I was like yeah so yeah take it, it as a, a massive moment. positive I think there is no rhyme or reason for it I think to look at to look at yourselves and your lifestyles is one thing surely there's going to have to be some element of you looking after your body your partner looking after your body that is going to bode well for your chances but of course people who are incredibly healthy and live these perfect lives also um you know aren't so lucky and, and don't get pregnant very quickly so you can never be sure as to why was it luck was it just good timing you know but but yeah. yeah, I I I'm truly blessed as well to kind of have that really short. I mean, again, it was like a complete shock. We couldn't believe it. We really didn't think it was going <laughs> to be that quick. But you know, I like you said earlier, oh,
1: so nice no, that it was.
0: Yeah, you have to be so grateful because I, I've got friends that it took years, you know, years to get pregnant. So yeah, you know, can't and complain.
1: This is the crazy thing, isn't it? We're all on, you know. I mean, a lot of of women are obviously on the contraceptive pill for like most of their lives and we're told to go on it because otherwise you're going to get pregnant. And then, you know, then we're told come off it when you want to get pregnant and everyone just assumes that they're going to get pregnant and that's it. But it's not until you actually, you know, start trying and you hear all these other, I'm sure you've heard loads of doing like the podcast, you've probably heard loads of different stories and you know, it's crazy how you just you just take it for granted, and then you yeah. realize, oh, actually, do you know what? It's not actually that simple. No, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah no, it's it's uh, crazy. Yeah, amazing. Really
0: it's so amazing, and for you to have experienced such a. You know, a, an easy pregnancy in in terms of you haven't really come up to against any hurdles or anything like that. That's oh god, excuse the pun, I didn't even mean to say that, knowing that you were a hurdler. I obviously need my coffee. <laughs> but let's let's talk oh, a little yeah. bit more about training now, because obviously that's that's I'm I'm so grateful that you shared that story, and I'm sure so many women out there listening will be grateful whether they've been through that themselves and they can relate or that they've never been through it and no one's ever really shared it. Because I know even someone who likes to be incredibly informed and educate myself, I'm a bit of a geek when, you know, whether it's that I've got pregnant or I've got, you know, something, a client that's got something going on that I've never encountered before. I want to deep dive and understand everything about it. So, But miscarriage has never been explained to me like that before so that's truly i'm really grateful for you going into detail like that. it um i'm sure oh, a lot no of problem. women will be too but yeah let's yeah. talk about training so how did you feel i um, about this is in this in your pregnancy now how did you feel about training yeah. when you found out that you were pregnant for the second time
1: um so if i'm honest i didn't want to i didn't want to risk or do anything yeah. um
0: totally understandable
1: but yeah like first pregnancy I look back and I'm not gonna lie hands up I was doing things that I wouldn't dream of doing this time around again probably taking everything for granted um not saying that any of that is what caused it um but because of what happened this time around I've just I just thought right nine months you're just gonna you know you're not just suddenly gonna balloon by not you know, doing my muscle ups you know, not that I would- have done, I didn't do that in the first pregnancy, but just a, a certain exercises that I did that I don't do now, so I literally even before I found out second time that I was pregnant, I took a back step um because I knew that it was hopefully going to be coming again um so I've literally done body weight if I have done any weights, it's been like an empty barbell um slow and steady um dumbbells been using sort of 10 kilos which I always use 215 so that's obviously a big a big step down and then yeah. everything else has just been bike rowing ski erg you know burpees that are now like a snail pace you know like the ones where you put your hands down first and step mm-hmm. back and I'm sure you're doing them as well which are uh not the most enjoyable I'm not gonna lie <laughs> I feel like not really getting anywhere but yeah so I've just realized now that you know I've I just wanted to take to over and have the healthiest pregnancy that I could for, for me and baby. Um,
0: yeah, amazing. and I think, Yeah,
1: and I feel great for it.
0: Good. And, I mean, I think for everybody this journey is so different, whether it's what you've been through previously, whether it's, you know, approaching things because of anxiety, fear about perhaps other people that you know that have been through situations. For me, I had to transition from peak competition season to shit I'm pregnant and hadn't anticipated kind of going getting pregnant and then having to go well now I don't think I should compete you know and that was just a personal choice I know women that have continued to compete when they're when they're in those early stages Um, but it was for you it was more of a choice going okay I want to protect myself I want to protect. Um, you know, this baby growing inside me. Um, Even Mm. though, even though, you know, I'm sure you've heard this since there is no evidence to prove that miscarriage has any kind of um, relation to exercise in pregnancy. It's really natural for you to want to take a step back. And at the same time, I think when you have take us from two ends of the spectrum I had to really go through this phase of feeling frustrated feeling like I'm more than capable of doing all of these x y and z skills or movements or whatever and actually not being Mm -hmm. able, not not doing it because I know that it felt a bit weird or that actually it wasn't right for my body yeah and having to learn that way whereas you kind of just went now do you know what um, this is what I'm going to do when I know that's the right thing. So I think in that sense, it was probably a bit easier for you to kind of rein things in because you were already feeling like, no, I, I know what I need to do because of what you've been through.
1: Yeah, yeah. So did you, you know, when you obviously had to kind of, well, if you take a step back, mm-hmm. um, did you, did you struggle kind of doing that?
0: Yeah, I really struggled. I mean, I... From, yeah. from when I... Could, That's really um, common as well. It, yeah, it really, I think the main struggle was that I, like I say, I got pregnant and did a competition um within the weeks that I didn't know I was pregnant, but I was pregnant and I felt really wow. really, really rubbish at at the competition compared to previous times, you know, and, and I just didn't know what was wrong with me and everyone was like, well, you know, what's going on with Misha? She doesn't sort of seem with it today. And and it wasn't that I wasn't capable. I was just knackered and you know, looking back now, it was definitely because I was pregnant and my I didn't know about it. Um but wow. at the same time, you know, I think because when you're in those early stages of pregnancy certainly up until I got to about 20 weeks your body is still so capable you're still very mobile mm. you're still you know I wasn't like I wasn't particularly showing so the bar path was fine i i'm, I'm i am very yeah. strong and i know that i've always been because of my my sort of training history so to be mm-hmm. able to kind of convince myself that actually I shouldn't really be doing these now and and this isn't the time to be pushing my body um I found it really hard to contemplate what everybody was saying to me about listening to my body because I'd spent the majority of my life not listening to my body and pushing past those feelings of stop um so that was a really frustrating time of transition to be able to think actually listening to my body to to keep pushing is not Is not what I need to do right now. This is about moving for feeling good, not about moving to make Mm. progress. And it did take me a lot of, it took me a lot of time and I had to take myself away from CrossFit classes because that was a, that's something that I found really frustrating. Um, and I still do a lot of CrossFit based workouts now, but they are all sort of, designed around what I'm capable of doing so I still feel like I have a really good workout rather than going to a class or going to an environment turning up and being like well I can't do any of that and that's really annoying and feeling really frustrated by it so but for you know I think we we all sort of get to a point we were talking about this before we came on as well where you do just feel more pregnant you look more pregnant and it's almost like you just suddenly click into acceptance um i don't know i know you were quite comfortable about reining things back from a very early point but do you think that since you've felt more pregnant and you've become looking more pregnant that that it's been easier for you as well
1: yeah i do and apart from the fact that you know it's i mean i was doing burpees last night like i said the scale version and I literally was just like, I am blowing right now. Like this, yeah. this is getting hard. Like mm-hmm. you know, and I think that all comes with it as well. You, you know, you you start to feel, yeah, like you just said, pregnant. So you kind of just accept the fact that I, you can't do, you can't, you know, you can't go hard on the bike anymore because you're just gonna, your heart rate's gonna kind of shoot yeah. up, and you're probably gonna come over feeling a bit, a bit odd. But then I don't know about
0: you, but how many weeks are you again? I'm thirty weeks so which is scary because that's like the, the scary time oh, wow. when you hit the 30 I think that really clicked for me
1: <laughs> yeah yeah oh god I'll be catching up with you in a couple of weeks oh. but yeah I, I don't know about you I don't know how you know you have I don't know if you had like the sickness and and felt felt rubbish mm-hmm. at all but for me it's just gone so fast and I'm like you know what, there's only a couple of months left, and we've already done it, do you know what I mean? And, you yeah. know, and then we'll have the baby, and then we'll be spending so much time with them, and and then we've got all the time in the world to get to get back to where we were, and when you actually look at it, nine months, it goes by in a flash, doesn't it? It so like,
0: does. Yeah, yeah, it really so does. So, that, that's what's
1: helped me as well, like, knowing that it's just gone so quick, and before I know it, I'm going to be, like, you know, getting back in there, so...
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think the transition for me was, it was just like a, a big shock for me to even get pregnant as quickly as we did. So then the transition, I think, was just a little bit more taxing in that. Right. I wasn't ready for this. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't kind of, you know, in my mind thinking that, okay, now I now I need to kind of slow things down. I was kind of just taking off in the the competition season. But regardless, I think you're so right. When you when I finally hit that point of acceptance and understanding, it was. My whole outlook on training changed, and I really began to enjoy it again for what it was rather than feeling frustrated by what I couldn't do. I was really enjoying yeah. what I could and yeah, you're yeah. so right, I think from the very when that when that acceptance happened, I thought this is this part of this journey now, and when the time comes and it's right and my body's ready, the next part the next journey will be so exciting to see what I can do. My, my amazing body can can put itself through yeah. all over again so yeah it's you're very right that sort of next stage it will come when it comes and you've got oh, the rest 100%. of your life to to get back to where you were or even further than you were so yeah it's it's
1: exciting a yeah,
0: prospect isn't it
1: 100% and I can assure you that I would have literally felt exactly the same as you on my the first pregnancy I would have literally had exactly the same thoughts I would have found it mm-hmm. so much harder slowing everything down and it is purely purely only because of that experience that I've changed changed how I felt next yeah. time but even you know girls that have come I've had girls like message on on Instagram you know saying um Sam how did the amount of questions how did your training did, did you stop training as intense before you got pregnant and they're they're worrying that their training that they're doing now is stopping them from getting pregnant yeah. that's before they're even pregnant and I'm yeah. like mate keep doing what you're doing like just yeah. keep doing what you're doing mm-hmm. if you've got that you know healthy life you know it's it's actually a really good thing and, and don't even think about that right. before you're pregnant but the amount I think it really does cross a lot of women's minds of course it does and I understand
0: before yeah I understand why it does it's more that unfortunately Mm. and this is this was kind of my mission about this podcast when I found out I was pregnant like I said I'm a bit of a geek I want to know everything about everything Mm. I want to feel informed I want to feel ready I want to feel excited by something rather than fearful so when I started to research and and because I'm a coach I know where to look for studies and and the medical side of things it just was absolutely it was it was it was rubbish and there really wasn't as much as I thought there would be so I felt like If I'm a coach who knows where to look for information, um, struggling to, to find that reassurance, how many women out there that are, you know, whether they're professional athletes or they are, you know, personally competitive, you know, just doing their own thing and doing it for enjoyment, that are going to feel so much fear around what they shouldn't shouldn't be doing. And, and I totally relate yeah. to that because when it's a new experience and you're doing something you've always done, you start to doubt can my body cope with this? Should I be doing this? Is this bad for the baby? You know, but yeah. that's again the misinformation or the lack of education around and pregnancy. the older
1: generation
0: as well. Absolutely. I just say. You are so <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I bet you've have I'm you had a lot of that in your pregnancy, like not, you know, disbelief of how much you're doing.
1: Um, well, I've just had like The amount of people, again, and I will, I will be honest. You know, even from word go, you know, like my mom, my nan, Zach's mom. As soon as I told them that we were pregnant, all of them were like, "No heavy lifting. Don't want you doing any heavy lifting. (laughs) I hope you're not doing." And I literally got to the point where I was like, "One, do you think that I'm stupid? (laughs) Like, do you really think I'm just going to go and max?" one Mm. rep max deadlift or Mm -hmm. like and then the other half was like this is so old this is such an old way of talking like you have just you haven't done any research since you were pregnant like however many years ago Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's all changed now you know like and it's like they say it like they're so certain that you should not be doing anything
0: yeah yeah of course
1: but yeah they haven't got a scooby you know it's just like oh just be quiet
0: yeah and that's why i was so so happy to find even recently this year in the last couple of years some medical studies and some people who are really passionate about the re-education of society around exercise in pregnancy because even the government's guidelines are a bit shit to be honest and they're very vague and they're and they're not they're not specific enough for people like us who push their bodies you know to say oh yeah you can walk and cycle for an hour um a week, mm. that's fine. Like that that's that doesn't give me any context to what I do. And it doesn't reassure me and it doesn't and speaking to health professionals, I don't know about you, but for me it was another barrier that I had to cross that I kind of anticipated in that, oh no, don't think you should be doing that. Well, actually, you know, if I was as informed then as I am now, I could present them with recent studies that prove there is absolutely no correspondence in heavy lifting, in intense exercise when you're pre- pregnant, with miscarriage, with postpartum problems to you, the baby, you know, all of these things that people go, you shouldn't be doing that. And now I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm just met with this kind of Why? do you do you know why because I bet you can't tell me why and then it's it's I completely agree It is a generational thing it's a cultural thing as well which I've experienced when I traveled to Egypt which I shared in the podcast a few episodes ago but at the same time I think as long as you are informed and surrounded by people that you are, you know, feel comfortable around and that you trust, and that you are, you are sort of sticking to your own personal boundaries of what feels okay, then keep going. Yeah. Absolutely. So, ha- did you have you mm-hmm. asked anyone, you know, about? A- have you asked anyone for support? Have you been, you know, have you personally got a coach that is postpart or? Um, pregnancy trained or anything like that have you asked any professionals for any support do you know
1: what I literally have just gone off and this is why I'm so grateful for so many women that have put their pregnancy training journeys and hence why I'm probably trying to do the same thing because you know I've literally followed I've got a handful of girls you being one of them that I watch what you're doing and how many weeks pregnant you are and I'm like right okay this is you know and, and, and again women who have now got their babies and I'm watching them come back after pregnancy. Yeah. And that, yeah. to be honest, is what I'm following. And I know that, you know, they're not necessarily, none of us are like medical professionals, but it is like, I totally agree with you. It's just about listening to your body. Like and the training thing, I've not had a coach because I've, I do feel like now with the women that I follow, I just gauge for myself, like, I think, oh, that's a really good workout for around the pregnancy that I am. Yeah. I know that that's obviously safe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know or I might look at someone else's and think do you know what she's actually got a few plates on her barbell like why am I so scared of you know a barbell for me feels like fairy dust at the minute but yeah, you know yeah. it would make me think oh do you know what I might just put a little bit of weight on there then because yeah. you know she's she's looks great she's doing absolutely fine um that's that's what I'm going off I, we have got a guy who is sort of trained in pregnancy training at the gym. Um, and I've been sort of going up to him and I'll say like, hi, me, can I do this? Or what would you suggest for this? And he's been giving me a lot of, um, you know, um, what do you call it? What's your your pelvic floor? Yeah. yeah. Or alternatives or things Mm. just to help, you know, he said, you're going to be picking baby up a lot. That's all you Mm. need to do is make sure that your back and your, your legs are like strong enough to just keep bending over, picking them up. And, um, yeah, I think that as well as all these Instagram accounts, that's what amazing. I'm going off
0: and my that's, own initiative. That's so, that's so amazing that we can be inspired by others. And I actually, as yeah. much as I'm a, a bit of a geek and I want fact and I want, you know, I want to understand the science of something, the best advice that we can get are from people who have experienced things. And, and you know, yeah. not from not from the older generation, I mean from people now. And I couldn't agree more that, you know, there is such a positive side to social media that we can utilise like you have. There are plenty of negatives yeah. as well, but ultimately it opens our minds up to the ability to the possibilities of what we what we could be doing or what we can do and I think for me um finding so many like-minded women that have been through so much in their lives whether it like you be miscaverage whether it be like a friend of mine who we had on one of the early days Mel who had cervical cancer and and talking about you know all of life's ups and downs to be able to get to a point where you're pregnant and you're like actually being healthy and strong is so important to me and my future and my baby is huge. And it's so exciting that women of our generation are trying to make that that switch in our in our kind of education and our, and our knowledge to be able to inspire the next generation to not be fearful of pregnancy yes. of birth of giving up what they love um unless mm-hmm. of course it's alcohol and smoking and all the other things but <laughs> we can give yeah. that up yeah. but when it comes to exercise yeah. um yeah I, th- I think that's really important and I love that you're using other women and that's another reason that and you know I'm really hopeful that perhaps women that Have been in touch with you that are asking you these questions and are a bit fearful will find this podcast and feel reassured through you and the fact that you've now become a part of it and are sharing your own experiences and your, you know, excitement for training in pregnancy. I think being able to hear those variety of journeys and experiences from all different women and be reassured that actually whatever you do it's all right it's okay keep going is is what a lot of people need just to go oh okay because my midwife told me I should stop running or you know um all of those things
1: yeah and even even you know when I go back just briefly to the miscarriage you know I have just described that in that isn't that isn't how they tend to be that I think that was just a one-off and and even still, this is why like, I did want to just talk about it a little bit, because I would just, you know, I'd love to say, God forbid, I hope this doesn't happen to like anyone I'm close to or anybody. It shouldn't happen to anybody. But if it did, I would be the first one to say, you're going to be absolutely fine. Like You're going to get through it. It's not it's not that bad. Like, yeah, you know, and everyone everyone does have different emotions about it and feels different yeah, it. and and some people it's over quicker than others but you know even from for mine it, w- it took a long time but you know mm. look at me now like I'm you know absolutely. I'm totally through the other side and, and that's probably more like I I would just w- would love to be that person that could say to somebody god forbid they ever miscarried that you're going to be absolutely fine like just yeah. don't worry I went through this and I was absolutely fine so yeah, yeah I do think and um, that that for me is quite important because I, I, like I said, I didn't know anybody that had been through, through it.
0: Sure. It's kind of like
1: I had been. So Mm. yeah, I think,
0: it's important to share it really is, um, it is. and i yeah. and i'm sure so many women have been grateful to you sharing previously and will be grateful now as well so two what yeah. two final questions because i'm aware that we have been chatting for a long time and i don't don't <laughs> want to take up too much more of your morning oh. um so oh i'm loving have, it. don't worry about that oh me. good oh that's lovely <laughs> do you have any plans or ideals because I know plans sometimes don't always come about the way that we want them to Mm -hmm. for postpartum and what you're expecting in terms of your training in terms of what you would like to achieve
1: so I do you know what right now I I I actually don't I don't and And that's that's only because that's fine yeah and I just think when I I actually mentioned this on uh, I did like a little Q&A the other day actually and someone asked me that question and and I thought I I feel quite confident as you probably do I'm guessing that you feel the same I'm not sure but because that's all I've ever known for me and touch wood like I said because my pregnancy is so so lovely at the moment and hopefully we'll carry on being um I just feel like depending on labor, I feel like without having any rush or needs to get back ASAP, I just feel like I'm going to bounce back quite quick and I'm just going to start enjoying popping in the gym every now and again, bringing baby with me, you know, making yeah. sure the music's not too loud and all that jabber. <laughs> but And then just kind of, um, like I said, my competitive side has not been there in CrossFit like it used to be in athletics. So I've got you, you, you might be different because you might want to get back on that competitive stage and carry on absolutely smashing it. Um, whereas I don't feel like in my sporting career I've really got anything that I'm in a rush or sure. needs to kind of get get anytime soon. But obviously, I would love. Like, I, I, I don't know about you. But I'm looking back at all of these training videos that I did before I was pregnant and I'm already like, Oh, look at my abs. Like, Oh, look how <laughs> slim I was. <laughs> so I think like, if I had to say anything like uh, postpartum, it would be just to look like that again. And I know that, yeah. I don't know if that sounds shallow. It's not shallow, no, is it? It's, it's just not shallow having that drive and ambition yeah. to just get back to where I was and have a baby. And I just think that's so amazing. If I could, you know, get baby here and then yeah look like I did and even like be as strong as I will well, I, I know I will be this is the thing I I know I'm going to be back on the rings and uh, back on the bar and you know lifting again and that's not that's not impossible that's yeah, that, to me exactly. that is so easy to do mm-hmm. at the moment so I just think that's that's my goal to kind of ha- be back doing exactly what I was doing plus have a little one like that's just such a big achievement it's huge. In my eyes.
0: And it's amazing. And yeah think, again, like when we were talking about training in pregnancy being a generational thing, or you know, seen as a negative generationally. I also think that um there is this kind of negative expectation of women that if you manage to bounce back, then oh, you know, you're just lucky, you've got loads of help, you you know, all of these things. But actually, I disagree with that mm. completely in that. You know, there are a number of factors that can inhibit somebody's recovery. Like you say, nobody yeah. knows what birth will bring, and labour, you know, who knows no, we have exactly. an ideal, but we can't we can't promise ourselves, our bodies, our futures, that those ideals are going to come about. And so, what does that mean for our recovery? Who knows? But that doesn't yeah. mean, regardless of the extreme or lack of that labour brings for you. That you can't get back to where you were. It's just timescales that are going to be different for everybody. I think you know, it's totally 100%. fair to feel excited and, you know, driven to want to be where you were, were aesthetically. And I, I feel exactly the same. I'm, I'm excited to, to see what my body is capable of post-pregnancy. I want to see what you know. It's done this amazing thing in growing a human right, let's see how amazing it is and, and transform, um, you know, transform back to something similar to what I was previously. Yeah, it's, it's an exciting time yeah. and I agree completely. Um, so it is and
1: I think that all comes with like our our competitive history as well. Sure. It's like another challenge, isn't it? It's like, yeah, right, really come on is. then. Like we just probably look at it all like a little bit of a competitive side, which is good, like it's healthy.
0: Oh, that's, that's amazing. Well, I think truly... I'm so grateful for your time and so grateful for your honesty and and that's what I love about this podcast. There is so many aspects to women's journeys, whether it be things that people don't want to talk about or things that people are you know need to understand or want to understand. Um, having someone like yourself, who like me, have transitioned from one sport to CrossFit, um, really enjoys the the kind of. The hardship I suppose that we put our bodies through to transition Mm. from that to pregnancy um, with so many other things going on is is truly inspiring and I'm sure so many other women are inspired by you so keep doing what you're doing and I really truly hope that the remaining part of your pregnancy coming into your third trimester um, that you are still feeling really positive and strong and that it all goes really well for you um and thank you so much it's it's been a real pleasure and thank you for sharing
1: oh anytime again thank you so much for asking me to come on here it's uh it's like i said this is actually my first podcast ever and um it's just (laughs) been such a pleasure talking to you and you know again it's so lovely talking to other people like you're going to be a mummy as well and i'm not going to be too far behind you and Mm. And, uh, yeah, and I hope that, as well, you feel, you know, that the rest of your pregnancy goes goes really well. And before we know it, yeah, we're going to be uh, after another podcast when babies are here.
0: We will, <laughs> absolutely. And I couldn't agree more. I think this is such a new... Uh, journey for us both you know we're not far apart mm-hmm. um and motherhood is going to be another new journey that we're we're definitely going to come back and discuss I can't wait so um I hope that you have um like I say a really lovely um third trimester and we'll definitely catch up soon
1: thank you and Misha thank, thank you
0: so you. much so just for you guys listening uh, thank you so much for listening if you want to get in touch or share any of your own experiences then please do you can get in touch with me at info at or i'll chuck mine and sam's information about socials all in the episode notes so you can get in touch with either of us whether you want to share something that you've been through or ask us a question please do i'm sure sam will feel exactly the same but for now thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with another episode. I really, really hope that like me, you are feeling really empowered and just learned so much from Sam. And so yeah, thanks again. And you guys take care. Bye.